0: Welcome everyone. I'll begin with a reading from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity. And this is a poem that he wrote for the disciple and for those yearning to be one with God. God's Boatman. I want to ply my boat many times across gulf after death and return to earth's shores from my home in space. I want to load my boat with all those waiting thirsty ones who have been left behind, that I may carry them to the opalescent pool of iridescent joy, there where my father distributes his all-desire quenching liquid peace. Oh I will come back again and again, crossing a million crags of suffering with bleeding feet I will come, if need be a trillion times as long as I know that one stray brother is left behind. I want thee, O God, that I may give thee to all. I want the salvation, that I may give it to all. Free me then, O Lord, from the bondage of this body, that I may show others how they too can free themselves. I want thine everlasting happiness, but I want also to share it with others, that all my brothers may find the way to happiness, forever and forever in thee. This question, what is it to fail spiritually, has many aspects to it, and it's a very important one to consider because I think that all of us at some point in the incarnation dance a little bit with this, this uh question and uh, genuinely wonder where we stand spiritually. It's a very powerful reading that is given from the Bible because pictured there are is this dilemma and what, where we stand at any moment in time um, in terms of participating in this journey forward. Uh, with God and to God. The five wise virgins were there in the right consciousness in the right moment. But this reading doesn't refer just to a singular moment. These wise ones have to be, we need to be accountable for the incarnation, through the incarnation the devotee, the disciple. We take a vow. We have a spiritual goal in mind. We're certainly dedicated to it in a matter of speaking with as much as we can bring to bear in that moment. But it's an incarnation that we have to see through. It's many challenges over the course of an incarnation. It's Changing circumstance, everything is in flux, everything is moving, everything is changing. And in the moment, many times, where do we stand with it? Are we sometimes foolish? Are we sometimes not paying attention? Are we sometimes in a moment of carelessness, turning left when we should be turning right? You know, it's very natural, it's very human to sometimes, as Swami Kriyananda would oftentimes say, not yet succeed. It's very natural, it's very human to make a mistake, to err, to fail perhaps in the moment. But as Swami Kriyananda also reminds us, intrinsic to failure is success. And it's in that moment, it's in the singular moment, whatever is happening, whatever the circumstance, whatever the world view, that we have a choice. We have a choice to make and we want to be paying attention. We want to be alert. Our practices, our life, our ceremonies, the way we live is in support of being strong in each moment, being dynamic in each moment about and toward our spiritual pursuit. Swami Kriyananda shares a wonderful story in his autobiography, The New Path. It's in the chapter, A Divine Test. And I would encourage all of you to reread that chapter in the context of this this service topic today, because I won't go into it um, this morning, but Swamiji talks about his own personal challenges in his life and doubts that kept him from wondering, could he make it, could he succeed spiritually? And it's a very powerful uh, insight into what might be, what could be behavior in our own being that we come up against and how to resolve that. But what I wanted to share is uh, the story that he shared, his guru told him, Yogananda told him, and Yogananda as a young boy, as Makunda, he had a vision. And in this vision, as a young boy, he was in a very busy marketplace in India, one presumes, dirty, dusty, um, full of animals, full of people, full of chaos. And he's standing there in this marketplace and mesmerized by the scene and taking it all in. And he's aware that as people are passing by in front of him, once in a while they stop, catch sight of something, turn toward him, but looking beyond. And he observes this wistful, smile, this lightness of energy, come across their face. And then, looking at them, he sees it then pass. And a head hanging down, and the words, ah, it's too much, it's too high for me. And they move on. And this happens a number of times, and finally, the boy, Mukunda, Yogananda is a young boy, is overcome by curiosity and he turns around, he looks up and he sees this beautiful, very high mountain just in vibrant green and richness and up at the top a garden, a lovely, lovely astral kind of a garden scene. And he too is captivated by it and his energy is uplifted and he's reaching for it. And he's thinking, I've got to go there. And then comes across that thought, ah, it's too high for me, I can't do it. And he's standing there, and this inner tug of war is going on, this thought of wanting something, but thinking, feeling perhaps, and being overcome perhaps by the thought, I'm not gonna succeed at this, why try? And again, it's something that we all experience in various ways at different points in our life and have to find how to conquer that thought, how to reach for that height and feel that, well, I maybe haven't succeeded yet, but I know that I can in God and to reroute that energy and feel God, feel the masters behind us in support of that. It takes a lot of energy to worry and to think that we're going to fail. It takes a huge amount of energy. And sometimes we put that energy out. We worry about everything and we worry about things we don't need to worry about. This is one of the things about those five unwise virgins is that, you know, we come onto the spiritual path, we've taken a huge step, we have a guru, it's all good, it's all okay. God is gonna take care of me. I've been through the worst part, I have a guru, Master's gonna take care of me, my guru's gonna take care of me. And we can get a little complacent. <laughs> In that, I, you know, there's a truth to it. I mean, God is going to take care of us. Our destiny is to succeed. We were created to become one with God. So, you know, it, we are going to get there. We are going to succeed. We are going to realize the goals that we have out in front of us and that we desire on the deepest level. But again, we can't, get complacent. We can't think that God is so much going to take care of it that we don't have to put out the energy. We don't have to join up in partnership with God and do the best that we can in every moment. Keep the candle lit now. So whatever it's been before going forward, we need to light that candle as best as we possibly can. I wanted to share with you a couple of uh, letters that Swami Kriyananda wrote to uh, two different disciples, and I think they're very relevant. And what he has to share is is a beautiful wisdom. I think that we can all learn from and draw upon. And. This first letter, and I'm just going to read excerpts from these two different letters. The first one uh, was to a disciple, someone we had known for 25 or so years, and this person had uh, was moving toward the end of the light of life. It had um, uh, they had bone cancer, and you know it was clear there wasn't a lot of time there. And <clears throat> this person asked me because. No longer able to write the letter themselves, to write to Swamiji and ask him uh, the question: what if, you know, again, the the worry that we can sometimes get into, it's real, it's real in the moment, you know. Um, What if in my next incarnation, because I perceive I'm coming back, what if in my next incarnation, I don't find my guru? What What is going to happen? What am I going to do? And I will say that in probably at least 23 of the 25 years we knew this person, this was a serious worry. And it would come up in conversations again, and again, and again, and again. And we might chuckle at it. You know, what if my guru isn't there? But You know, whatever our worry is, it's pretty real to us. It's pretty real. And so Swamiji, this is what he writes. If you're going to worry about anything, it's true that you've picked up the right thing to worry about. (laughs) Before the blessing of having a true guru, everything else pales to insignificance. That you recognize this, does you credit. Even among devotees, there are many who, faced with the challenges you are, would find other things to be preoccupied about. Your very concern is the surest guarantee that you have no reason to be concerned. (laughs) The moment of death is a sacred one, the most important in fact, of one's entire life because the thought one holds at that moment establishes the spiritual momentum, you could call it, that he will carry into his next life. During this period of greatest challenge in your life, your thoughts have focused on your future with Master, and so it is to him or to one appointed by him that you will go when you are reborn so you can safely lay your fear to rest and it will help you to do so for fear is the opposite of love it would hold you back at this moment when your soul wants most to soar up and out in freedom reflect on all the many episodes in your life that give you the basis for true faith, on all the times, especially times of need, when Master has been with you, as he is with you now, in your very yearning for him. Offer yourself up to him in love ever and again, affirming, if necessary, what is in fact true, that he is there, receiving your love, and then when your time comes, as he promised to all who remain faithful to him, be or he or one of the others in our line of masters will receive you into his arms on the other side. And while this was directed to a disciple of this path, I would say it is true for seekers on all paths that God is genuinely there for them in this way. The other letter that I wanted to read, and this is a much briefer excerpt, but it was from Swami Kriyananda, again to another disciple, A disciple who faced uh, a lot of challenges in their life. And this person would write uh, regularly to Swamiji. And I don't know how Swami Kriyananda did it, but he found the time to answer, I would say, every one of those letters. His family, this person's family, gave us a binder this thick of letters from Swami Kriyananda to this person uh, after he passed, and he passed abruptly. But this is what uh, Swami Kriyananda wrote. Swamiji knew this person, again, about 20 years, so (laughs) it's a lot of letters. (laughs) The challenge that life places before us all, to know thyself, is no easy one. It is the greatest challenge there is there is no shame in failing to unravel this riddle. Rather, it is a great virtue even to have made the attempt. How few people ever do. We are defined much more truly by our strengths than by such weaknesses as we may have. Each sincere effort made, each step forward taken, each victory won none of these is ever lost. So these are very a very this is a very powerful message to all of us. Again, it is our destiny to succeed. It is our destiny to merge in God. What is it to spiritually fail, we cannot. We cannot fail. It may take a while, but we cannot fail. We have everything and that which we can't even imagine on our side. Swami Kriyananda said, go forward, offer your life to God's will, whatever that is for you, and then let God worry about the failures. Let God worry about the successes. It's really not ours to do. We just need to be in the moment, keeping the lamp lit, which is to say putting out dynamic energy, trying to move forward, leave the past behind, glean from it what you can, but keep going forward. This is a long distance run, and there's many stations all along the way that are going to splash a wet sponge on us, give us some soda to drink, feed us, or whatever is required. I wanted to, uh, this seems to be the day of reading, but I think these are just better said in Swami's words and in Master's words. And so, this last account is from Yogananda. And he talks about um, that moment when he met his guru, Sri Yukteswar. And it again, it speaks for itself, but to that relationship and the responsibility that a guru accepts on our behalf to see us through to spiritual freedom. So this is Yogananda speaking. He says, My master said to me, I will be your friend from now until eternity. No matter whether you are on the lowest material the lowest mental plane or on the highest plane of wisdom. I will be your friend if ever you should err, for then you will need my friendship more than at any other time. When I accepted my master's unconditional friendship, he said, will you be my friend under all circumstances? Will you protect me? In my highest or in my lowest strata of mind I was amazed, I was stupefied. For now I could for now for how could I dream of master being in the lowest strata? But until I vowed to be his friend always under all circumstances he did not rest. He was gladdened when I said, I will be thine always. It was then, after this amazing spiritual compact, that I understood the significance of a guru. And really, I never found complete satisfaction, comfort, and God-consciousness until I tuned myself in with the divine consciousness of my Master. And so this is how we keep the lamp lit, lit every day throughout this incarnation, and remain strong, centered in faith, centered in the knowing that we are in partnership with the divine. We try our best to tune in to that consciousness which resides in the Guru. The Guru is God-given, sent by God, to accompany us home. And he is with us every step of the way.
1: strength.